He Shoots, He Draws are proud to be sponsored by the Photography and Video Show, held on the 18th to the 21st of September 2021 at the NEC Birmingham and we'll be doing a live episode at the show. The Photography and Video Show has everything you need. If you're about to take the next step on your creative journey, whether you're an absolute beginner or a seasoned professional, this is the show for you. Get exclusive insights into this year's film and photography innovations. Test out kit and get to ask questions from the manufacturers. The show has exclusive deals throughout the four days just for you. Join talks and live demos on a huge range of topics led by experts and legends of photography and filmmaking. Whatever your level or skill, you'll be sure to learn lots of new techniques and approaches to help you become a better photographer. The Photography and Video Show is returning to the NEC and want to welcome you back safely. From the 19th of July, events were allowed to return to a live format. Please be assured that your safety is taken very seriously and there may be measures in place to ensure that everyone has a great day out. Tickets are available from photographyshow.com and if you use the code HSHDTPS21, you'll get 15% off a standard adult entry ticket. That's up to and including the 15th of September. All the links are in the show notes and we'll see you there. <clears throat> okay, let's go. Strap in. All right. You're listening to the He Shoots, He Draws podcast, the show about photography, design, creativity, and more, with your hosts, Dave Clayton and Alan Hess. Hello and welcome back to a new episode of He Shoots, He Draws. And uh, Now we have, we have an apology to make because we have had a few gaps in between episodes over the recent weeks. There's been been a lot going on and Alan and I are going to cover that in an episode we'll be recording and putting out soon but tonight I really wanted a good guest um, but they let me down so, <laughs> so <laughs> tonight I've got a really good friend a really dear friend someone who I admire greatly and has just become each year has just become more and more uh, one of the most respected graphic designers in the industry hardest working uh, one of the most creative and uh, and we you know we chat we chat kind of offline anyway about things and I'm always watching his work uh, but we're very very pleased to have Mr Scott Fuller join us tonight so hello Scott and welcome to the show hey I'm I'm excited man it's my uh, it's my first time I I didn't know if I'd ever get on but uh, I'm happy I think you know, you were, based on you were always going to be on. I know, I know, but you know, it's kind of it, it's just kind of cool. It's actually happening. You know, hey, yeah, treat treat them mean, keep them keen. That's what they say, isn't it? Oh my gosh! <laughs> but you're like Disneyland, mate. It, it, the longer I've always said, the longer you don't go to Disneyland, the better Disneyland gets. This is true. So it's the same with you. If I'd had you on six months ago, you've done so much in the last six months that's. In, like added to what you do we've got more to talk about so it's always great having graphic design guests on because there's such a great body of work behind you and so many like little adventures that you've had to talk about that tonight I wanted to kind of introduce you to Alan because Alan um, Alan being the photographer likes chatting to the graphic <laughs> design guests because he sees me at events and he sees the friends that I've got and people at Adobe Max and uh and that community that it's just lovely to be around the, my graphic design friends and and we first met at creative south which was uh which was our kind of first time but we knew each other before then so before we go 
too too deep down that rabbit hole just introduce yourself to uh the podcast uh listeners who may not know you um and I, generally the question i always ask is if someone walks up to you in a bar to buy you a drink and says what do you do for a living what's kind of your stock answer how do you how do you describe yourself <laughs> i'm just a uh i'm a graphic designer and illustrator i mean i've uh, been running the studio temporary now for uh a little over six years, and uh, I've worked with uh, I work with some pretty fun folks. I've worked with the Atlanta Hawks. I worked with, uh, with Killer Mike and Ti on some stuff. I've worked uh, ongoing actually. Yeah. Um, and then I, but most of my work I do for small businesses. You know, people that maybe a lot of folks hadn't heard of, and I kind of yeah. uh, I kind of take pride in you know doing that and working with them and making it possible. It's like when they do get discovered and everything like that, you know, visually, uh, people yeah. will remember that. So that's that's a huge bit for me. My dad was a machinist, you know, grew up, and I don't know. I'm getting way past my elevator <laughs> no, no. answer now. Uh, but ba- no, elevator ahead. answer. I'm a designer and illustrator. I run the studio temporary, and my uh, my long answer basically, I mean, like my dad ran his own company for, you know, for 25 years and, you know, it's something that I always wanted to do. And, uh, you know, here I am now, you know, six and a half years later, still going strong. And just tell everyone how old you are to make me feel old. <laughs> I'm 35. <laughs> it's like, it's so, as, as an, as an older person. <laughs> Like in this industry, and like twenty years older than you, um, God, I could be your father. You could, you really could. Um, Hold on, I really could. Yeah, if I did like this, then yeah, that would be. And Dad, I was, I was the same. I was the same color hair. Hang on, where's my glasses? Hang on. Yeah, I can see the resemblance now, it. Dave. Your beard is. I got um, Oh, never mind. I got. I got to half close one eye real quick. Hold on. Yeah, you've got to close that left eye. There you go. Um, I forgot where it's going now. Yeah, being Dad? older, I think it's no. it's so cool now. The amount of the amount of designers I chat to, where I say like when I when I was younger, obviously it was pre computers and it was painting on cave walls with uh, with oxen blood. But seeing seeing the world you've grown up in and that you you know you've been able to be in the digital world from you know from a good age to learn your trade mm-hmm. it's so cool now seeing like these 30 to 35 year old designers you know really established made a name for themselves and have still got like that 20 years ahead of them to become the bill gardeners of the world or you know those people who are, who are of, of like my age and older that are so well respected and have such a huge body of work behind them mm-hmm. that it's like the world's your oyster i mean I, I i love that i can sit and watch all my graphic design friends like yourself who are just constantly improving and evolving and getting opportunities and it, it's years and years ago it would have been there would have been a lot of jealousy i'm sure there still is some jealousy now but there would have been a lot more jealousy people never like sharing nobody like letting like letting on their secrets or mm-hmm. who their clients were whereas now it's like you know looking at your who's who of client lists it's great you've got you've got big names but like you said you've also got the local businesses that yeah. probably are more satisfying and valuable because you've got a closer connection to a small business than you have say coca-cola yeah two and you know it's it's kind of like a it's like a rite of passage to do work for coca-cola you know if you're especially if you're yeah. a uh, if you're an atlanta designer but and and yes i have done work with them before but um 
I don't know, man. It's just, it's to me, like I look at where I come from. I look, you know, I look at where I started and then, you know, to where I am right now is just, it's, it's crazy. It's really crazy to see. I mean, I was, what is it? I was the first person on my, you know, on my side of the fuller, you know, my dad's side of the family. I was the first person, first fuller to graduate from college. Like, I'm a first generation designer, artist, you know, illustrator, whatever. Right. I mean, I was going to be, I was supposed to be a mechanical engineer. That was my, that was what I had a scholarship for. That's what I had a, um, I declared my major when I went to college, I was going to do mechanical engineering. And I made the decision right before I graduated high school uh, to switch to, to switch to art, fine art to start out with. And then um, <clears throat> after a couple years, you know, hated fine art you know, nothing wrong with it, but I just wasn't my cup of tea. You know, I just said, see, I threw in that reference. I figured you'd like that. Yeah, I love that. So, um, so anyway, I, um, it, it just wasn't something that I really enjoyed. I was literally one mouse click away from going back to mechanical engineering. I decided I'd stick around for one more, uh, you know, for one more semester and I found design and that was all she wrote. Um, do you, do you remember that, like that spark, that little bit of lightning, where that first thing that made you go, "Oh, I like this." Mm-hmm. So my my first in one of my first design classes, um, it was like design. It was like fun, uh, like a design fundamentals. Basically, we did do a lot of like graphic design and everything, but it was a lot of conceptual and whatnot. And I remember my teacher, Mister Deganji. I remember him. He handed everybody. He drew um, steps, like just steps, just like a bunch of right angles and stuff up on the board, just like five or six steps. He said, you have five minutes to come up with as much as you can think about using this shapes. And I remember I filled up pages of stuff. And, mo- and a lot of the other folks, maybe one page. And I just remember going, there's something to this. Like I... I don't know what it is yet. I, I didn't know what design was at the time, but I said, there, there's something to this that I really like. I love thinking in shapes and I love thinking, mm. you know, I, I love thinking this way. And then it was like a year later before I actually switched to design. But that was that first spark where I just went, there's something here, but I don't know what it is. And yeah. uh, I, I always come back to uh, it's so funny. And every time I see my old professor, he always brings that up. You know, I remember that time. You know, I remember that first that first day in class, that first exercise. You know, and then I found out you were like studio art, and you know, it's like, oh man, I wonder if if maybe he's supposed to be doing this. And then a couple years later, you know, here I was back in his class again as an as a designer. Yeah. It's funny because my, when I left school at 16, I was very artistic as a kid all through school. Art art and technical drawing were always my mm-hmm. thing that I excelled at. I wasn't very, um, you know, maths awful, English got by, you know, my mother tongue. <laughs> um, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't clever in that way, but, but I always knew I had an artistic flair. But, but at that age, with no technology... Mm-hmm there was there was never a thing of me leaving school and starting my own business like kids do now but i always remember thinking there's there's something here my dad asked me to join his engineering company as a draftsman Mm -hmm. uh, which i was really looking forward to doing i never got on that in nine nine years i was there and i took mechanical engineering i got qualifications in it 
I became I was an electrician. I, I worked on hydraulics, pneumatics. So uh, I, were, I was working a lathe, a grinder, mm-hmm. you name it. And so I went to college. I'd learned so much from that that I still apply today. Yep. And looking back, I remember when I used to do the electrical panels for the machines, I wish I'd taken photographs of them because they were pieces of art. Mm-hmm. I'd color coding. Yeah. So I always applied my design, whether it be cleaning and you know painting the machines and making them look really good. But it wasn't until I was then 25, 26, before I like ventured into a different world and I worked for a printing company and that's where like compute I, I it was the first time I saw Quark Express oh uh, yeah first time I saw an Apple Mac I did Quark and I did I was, Quark yeah and I was hooked I found uh wow I can not only do this on a computer but I used to get a thrill making warranty forms mm-hmm. and uh, bearing my IG's lecture set and photocopiers before but it was like I always knew it was there but up to that point, there was there was never really a defined career path for me. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say, like, now you being 35 and, you know, being established, um, the, the body of work you've got, what I'd give to be 35 again <laughs> with everything I've got available to and me. And it's crazy because, like, I've got, I'm looking at some of these kids coming out of, uh, you know, coming out of school or, you know, whatnot, just light years ahead of where I was as a, you know, as a kid, as, you know, as, you know, right out of school, I I look at some of this stuff and I just go, wow, you know, if I had been, if I'd had this or, um, or that when I was, when I was their age, you know, how, how much, how much further along would I really be? And it's, uh, it's pretty amazing to see. Now I've had an opportunity in the last, uh, the last couple of years to to teach, um, I taught at a Miami Ant School, um, the Portfolio Center here in Atlanta. Um, I teach uh, identity design, which uh, yeah. which has been pretty amazing. But like I see some of the kids, and it's like some of them, I think are going to have you know like fantastic careers, you know, you know. And then sometimes I look, and it's like, man. If I did that when I was in school, do you know how much trouble I'd be in? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, and I don't know. I think, um, you know, we're all going to have those, you know, those kids that we work with or whatever. And it's like, man, if they had just done this, you know, they had a lot of potential to do this or do that. But I don't know. I'm, uh, <laughs> it's my, one of my buddies used to say is that I'm just happy to be here. <laughs> Yeah, I'm, exactly. I'm just happy. I'm just was, happy to be here, and and that's and that's the truth. Like, that that really is the truth. At, at Rolling Stones gigs, Keith Richards always does two songs in the middle of the set, and he always comes out and he always says the same thing. Wherever they are, he always says, "It's great to be here." In fact, it's great to be anywhere. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> it's so true. You know, I mean, I, you know, I went through some pretty nasty stuff coming up in my career. I mean, you know, we were, I couldn't find it. It took me two years till I got out of college to find my first design job. Um, I, you know, my wife and I were evicted, you know, back in, you know, it should have been 2012. I mean, we've, we've been through some, we've been put through the ringer, you know, and it's, it's, it's been crazy, but, you know, 
So what was that first design job? Like, so because looking two years for a job, there's a lot of people out there right now who get discouraged when they go like, you know, six hours and their phone hasn't run. And, you know, yeah. I, it always strikes me as, as weird because I, I shoot a lot of concerts and I get people going, I haven't got a photo pass. Well, how many have you asked for? One. <laughs> like, so you've asked for one and you're and you, you don't get it and so now you're not going to do so something. now you're done so it's like done. yes there's a yeah. my dad taught me you know he taught me a lot about you know the work ethic and everything like that i mean just on another level i think you know from him i mean that's who i had to look at and it's it's just blowing my mind like I, i'll give you an example i did a workshop um for um, I did a workshop for Dribble at the beginning of this year. Yeah. Biggest workshop I've ever done. Um, you know, shout out to Michael and, you know, and Chloe and Ryan and everybody else who had a huge part in this. But I remember um, they let me do the the weekly warm-up. And they let me run it, just kind of leading up to it. So I said, all right, I want an icon design based around the idea of work ethic. I cried. I cried. I, I looked at some of that, some of the stuff, and I'm like, you know, forget how it looked design wise. The th- yeah. what people think of as work ethic or what they perceive as work ethic these days is it's laughable. It really is. Yeah. It's like we have to be in this perfect position. I have to be mind and body and this and and I'm just sitting there going, no. It's like you don't. You know, I put in the I put in the work behind this. I put in work behind the scenes, and nobody sees. When people look at me, you know, whether it's you know whether it's kids, you know, that come up and see me at a, at a talk or workshops or everything like that, they see the final product. They see the icons. They see the the identity designs. They see the clients. They see some of the stuff that I've been really really blessed to do. They don't see what went in behind the scenes. They don't see no, what happened. They don't see they that see. three a.m. Scott in front of a computer. That was me this morning. Through iteration after iteration. That was me this because, morning. I'm getting a chance to yeah. work on my first mission patch for some of this. It's going up in space. You know, I've got to. Wow. Fi- I had to fin- finish one thing. I've got one more. If you've heard any mouse clicks uh, <laughs> while we've been talking, <laughs> I love you guys, but I got a deadline. You know, it's like you got to get shit. Done. I have to. I have to. You know, and it's. You know, I'm not glorifying like you know putting all the stuff aside but there are times where you know you have to do what you have to do and yeah you know i learned i i believe i learned more from my dad working with him in his shop my dad's got a high school education one of the smartest men that i'll ever know mm. and <clears throat> you know i learned more by dad's design shop or my design shop my dad's machine shop than i did at design school i still apply it to design yeah. you know today um i totally agree yeah with you. So I remember, you know, he wanted to open his shop, you know, it, he worked two full-time jobs who were full-time at his running, running the machine shop at Yokogawa during the day. And then he'd go full-time and do that. And I did that for two and a half years. You know, yeah. my first bit out of school, I graduated in 2008. Not a lot, not a lot of great stuff happened in 2008, um, except, you know, I got married and, and everything like that. Um, that was definitely the, the banner part of 2008. But, um, I uh, I remember I got a job at the Jones Group. It was this awesome like design agency, brand agency in Atlanta. Uh, my first month there, I, I didn't even know I had a desk. 
they sat me in the back. I was doing paste up and like mock ups and stuff for like Coca Cola and America's Mart with exacto knives and spray glue and tape mm. and you know all this type of stuff. And I'm not kidding, nine nine hours a day, you know nine plus hours a day. I was that's where I was for the first month, you know. But I didn't say anything. I was like, this is, I have to do this, you know. This is what they hired mm. me for. And after that first month, I finally got my desk. I'm like, oh shoot, I've got a desk. This is great, you know. <laughs> I worked with the traffic manager with their senior designer. They taught me, you know, here's kind of the ropes. And a couple weeks later, as an intern, they gave me an account. And it was my first logo design, professional logo design. And that was in mm. 2008. That's thir- We're now 13 years on. That company's still using that logo that I designed for them as an intern back in 2008. Um, yeah, it, was, gotta, it was fantastic. It's got to feel great. I mean, when you still it see did. it out, out in the wild, it's got to be like damn, I did that. Like, and it wasn't a bad one either. You know, it's like you do, well, here's the thing, like you do stuff, it's like my first sign that's on the side of a building and it's like, yeah, but they chose the one that I hated, you know, and it was just, yeah. or they saw something in a sketchbook that they weren't supposed to see and the next thing you know, they just kind of laser focus right towards that. But this one was a good one, you know, still is. And um, it was still kind of crazy. Now, we're three months in, I was going to stay on full time. And then that collapse happened, lost a number two client. And all of a sudden, my meeting that day went from onboarding to, so here's what we're going to do. And I was getting married in two months. So uh-huh. from there, I went to delivering Christmas stuff for UPS to working at Subway to working at like a grunt boy at another machine shop in town. Uh you know, cutting, cutting material and everything. One of the more dangerous jobs too. Um, and it was just, it was nuts. And it was like that for two years. Like I couldn't give work away and I tried, I mean, just so that I could continue to do it, you know, and then here comes 2010, you know, I'm working at an Apple store and it's not even a real Apple store. It's called peach Mac. It's like a third I It was a third party retailer, Apple store. I couldn't even get a job at a real Apple store. Right. And I happened to sell a computer to the right person. And, uh, you know, okay, come on up. I might have some freelance work for you. I was only using design as a a sales tactic at this point. And uh, he brought me up there. I took a half a day, brought me up there and said, uh, well, actually, I don't have any freelance work for you. And he said, actually, I want to hire you full time. So my what I was making quadrupled in the wow. space of wow. just a few minutes. Um, now, I'll never forget that day because I went home that evening and found out that my wife was pregnant with our son. So all of oh, that wow. happened in one day. Holy word I'm not supposed to say on podcasts. Um, <laughs> you were going to have to stop Dave from edit, editing that out. But man, what a, what a message from the universe of that. Day it was is, unbelievable, I mean, you know, I mean, to go there and do that. And then, you know, I was always meeting folks, talking to folks. I mean, even if I could do any work for them, I figured I could still I could still get to know as many people as I possibly could. And at some point they're going to start asking, you know, who is this kid? Wait, he's a designer, right? Let's start looking at that. You know, I was introducing people from pretty substantially sized agencies to each other. 
and I didn't even have a job, <laughs> you know, and I was doing that like right out of those first couple years out of school. I still do that to this day. Yeah. But that's how I'm like, look, if I can't do the work, I can do something else. I can work on the side and do this, but I can still get to know all these people. When I yeah. left my last full-time job, I had accrued quite a bit, quite a few favors over the first, you know, six years of my career. And I remember walking out of my last job and I just said, all right, I got to call them all in. So I called all of them in. Remember that thing you said to this? Yeah, I said, I, I got to call it in, you know, and they all delivered. And, you know, you, you try to, you try to, you know, you know, Dave's met me in person plenty of times. You know, I <laughs> design is a, is a pretty small, it's a pretty small industry. It really is. You know, it's, it's a very small world in there, but I've been privileged to, to know quite a few people, you know, just within the industry, whether it's by name or by reputation or, or something like that. Mm. I'm just a fan of design in general. So, yeah. you know, I was just going to circle back quickly before we, before we move away from it was going back to that work ethic. <laughs> Is, you know, you didn't just go, oh, that's it, no work, I'm going to sit at home and wallow. You've done other jobs, you've taken opportunities, and through those opportunities, you make a connection and it yep. furthers your career. And you will always remember always. that. You will, that's, that's what makes you you and those experiences and those little pathways. There, um, um, I was... there was a guy, uh, Eddie Hall, he's the world's strongest man back in 2017. He's the current world uh, record holder in deadlift. Yeah. Um, I actually got to meet him a couple of years ago when I went to World's Strongest Man in Florida. And crazy guy, crazy, crazy fella. But, you know, he's yeah. he deadlifted, you know, 500 kilos is the, um, you know, is currently the world record, you know, for deadlift. And, you know, I remember he was, you know, I watched a, you know, a, you know, what is it like a documentary about him? And he was saying for years and years, he said, I basically had to lie to myself until I started to believe it. And that's pretty much what happened with my career. You know, it's like, I know I'm supposed to do this now. I'm not as thrilled with everything that went down, you know, cause I did make quite a few mistakes during that time and I'll still make mistakes, but you know, but man, you know, I had an incredible, uh, have an incredible wife who, you know, supported me, um, did so much stuff. I mean, it's a team effort, you know, doing this type of stuff. And, um, you know, yeah. I'll always remember that. And that helps, you know, with the work ethic, you know, and, and having friends and having colleagues and peers that will actually encourage you or tell you what you really, really need to hear without regard for your feelings, you know, or, or different things <laughs> yeah. like that, you know. So those type of people in the industry, I can count on one hand, you know, for, for me personally. And I'm okay with that. Um, but you know, I can, they'll call me if they say, Hey, we see this or something like that. You know, I want them to call me or they'll say, Hey, you know, we thought about you, you know, with this or that, you know, we're looking out for each other. I mean, like, I call people, I text people constantly, you know, I'll check in with them. I'll have a conversation with them. You know, it's to me, this is just a huge, a part of what I do as a design work itself, which I don't even think we've talked much about it all this whole time, but it takes we're that we're getting, we're getting there, but it takes that, you know, on but it takes, you know, it takes that to get to, to get to that. Yeah. You, you need all that. You need, you need all of this story. You need all of this experience before you even get to like what makes you, you. And one of the things I was going to ask you that is definitely very, very prominent at the moment is that, like we said, the 
although design is worldwide now, you know, it's everywhere. There's so many opportunities, especially with the creative cloud that everyone can do everything now. Mm -hmm. At the same time, it's a very small, it's a very small industry as well. How do you find, given that you can look back over certain periods, like today we live in a world where people are clambering over themselves to share everything they do, Mm -hmm. not only their work, but their life, their behind the scenes, everything. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's, do you find that a healthy thing or like when, when you're a designer 30 years ago, you, you'd be given a project, you come up with a design and, you know, an aesthetic and then you you work out the brand Mm -hmm. and then you deliver it. Now it's like, the the internet it, there's so much work out there do you find it more of a challenge more difficult or or, or better because you can see other things now that now that you can see it all like instagram dribble behance that you know every, everything's out oh everything's out there now Just... yeah um i think that i think there's a lot of lots of successful now that you know a lot of people didn't have before and i think that's fantastic um I think that, you know, I I think it's different for everybody. I think what works for some people as far as, you know, sharing what they do or, you know, and whatnot, I think it's different for everybody. Um, But I I think it's just you finding your voice and and whatnot. But I, I will share as much as I possibly can because I, you know, I want people to learn things that I that I didn't know that I wish I knew coming out of school. I'll be very, you can talk to any of my students. I am very hard on them, very hard on them. But it's, but especially if I know that they phoned it in, I'll call them on it. And I will just like, look, what is happening? What, like what you just did, this would get you fired anywhere else. Yeah. So there's no way I'm not going to call you on that, you know, if you if you come in and bring me this. But and that's not always that I, the design or the image or, or the thing is bad. It's that the work just wasn't put into it. Like exactly because exactly. I see that all the time. I see people posting a bunch of stuff, and it's like, why? Like that's obviously mm-hmm. half-assed. You didn't think that through. I I I've seen people post really great stuff and i'm not just talking about design i'm talking across the graphic spectrum because i look at a lot of photographs and i i'm like you don't have you like you just did that because you felt like you needed to there was no thought process involved um it's today is the 6th of july we're recording this so the 4th of july was a couple of days ago um and uh yes i saw fireworks (laughs) from my house and yes i took some photographs and no not one of them was worth posting so i didn't even though my brain went i'm a photographer i took a photograph of fourth of july i should post it Mm -hmm. but the reality was i didn't really think it through i sat and watched the fireworks with my wife i didn't wasn't really something that i was trying to do and in the end it was like yeah it's a fine picture but no i'm not going to put that out there because it literally doesn't have the work into it that i want to show that i can do even so what i my my thought on a lot of that type of stuff is you know I think that as you get on your career, I think you can really you can really hone it out and just say, look, I know that I'm not going to post this because you've set a certain standard for yourself and you just say, look, I, 
it's not where I want, it's not where I want it to be. You know, this is not something that I want to be known for or something that I want people to, Oh, I remember when he posted that thing, what was he thinking? You know, and, and, right. and there's plenty of stuff. There's plenty of stuff like that. But I think what happens to, to some kids is they are so, they're so scared to put anything out there, like anything at all. And I think that, I think that that sometimes can be, it can be pretty debilitating. Uh, Just, you know, just the way some, some folks look at it these days. So what I tell folks is like, if you feel like you can put it out there, put it out there, you know, and and just go for it. If you feel like it's more of a work in progress, show work in progress and, and say exactly what it is. Do you want to show process, show process, you know? If you, you know, one of the things that helped me out, you know, when I didn't have any clients, you know, I would draw or illustrate or design something based around what happened to me that day or something that I was feeling at the time. And you'll always end up putting some extra effort, you know, into stuff like that. Um, But I, you know, I don't feel like I have to post everything and I don't. Trust me, there's a lot of stuff that I haven't posted. And, you know, there have been times where I took, I posted something and I took it down like an hour later, you know, not because of likes or anything like that. I just kept looking at it and went, you know what, I think I can fix this. So I would fix it and put it back up, you know, because I, I saw something that I just didn't like. Um, But the, what I don't want, you know, is to see people that are just so scared to put anything out there. I'll give, I'll give you an example. I did a project for ESPN. Uh, this was back in 2018. Ended up not working out at all. Um, I had one piece of that that I was just so proud of. It's like, you know what? I'm not going to say what it's for. Uh, I'm not going to put any context or anything, but it was something having to do with the Atlanta Hawks, our, our NBA team. And I posted it online. I was like, I love it. You know, a lot of people, you know, liked it and whatever. But I was like, look, I just loved it. I just wanted to get it out. And then about three weeks later, I get a call from the executive creative director of the Hawks. And next thing you know, hey, we want you to work on our esports team and design the logo, which is now all over the U.S. Um, Nike's agency of record designed the 2K League. They designed the trophy. They designed the templates. They designed 23 of the 24 teams in the league except for this one. So I'm the only person oh, wow. from what, from to the best of my knowledge, I'm the only person other than Nike's agency that has touched the 2K league. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and where did it, where did that come from? It just came from, you know, Hey, you know what? I'm proud of this. I'm going to put it up. Yes. It's from a project that could have been cool. Uh, no, the project didn't go as well as I thought, but I love this piece, so I'm just going to go for it. And that one post literally changed the entire course of my career. Yeah, and that's why you shouldn't be afraid to do it. I know one of my pet peeves is, like, I love seeing process. Yeah. I love seeing, like, you and you post a lot of it. I, I love seeing those iterations of where it started, how, where it's going, and how it ends up, and then seeing it on the final product mm-hmm. and you being proud of it. My one of my pet peeves is uh, our designers. Apologies if you've ever done this, but when, careful, Dave. I'm sure I've done. Careful, it. Dave. Let, all right, okay. Let's let's say <laughs> someone like um, Slack. Okay. So Slack comes out and says, hey, you know, we've been going a couple of years. We're, we're going through a rebrand. Here's our new logo. It's going to be on everything. 
uh, and then you see a hundred designers going, I don't like the new Slack logo. Here's how I would have done it. And then they're all posting their versions of the Slack logo. The thing that winds me up about that as a creative is designers are the first people to say, don't crowdsource. I'm not going to design this for you, for you to pick the best one, because that's my time I'm putting into uh-huh. it. And then when a company does release their brand, all these designers are suddenly spending all their free time redesigning a logo that they don't like for no reason other than to show they can. Mm-hmm. That, that, that Facebook and Slack are never going to go, oh, crap, you know, we spent, you know we just spent that $7 million rebranding everything. Well, well, Terry in his bedroom here, he's, done, he's changed the colour scheme. And actually, I think we should scrap all that and go with his. Never going to happen, ever. What I'd rather see are designers go... Look, if I want to broaden my scope, if I want to think how I would do something, go and find a small charity or a small business that really, like a community mm-hmm. community project that really could do with something like that and can't afford it, and go and create a, a, a brand for them and, and assets and create them a logo and show show the thought process. Like then mm-hmm. I can see the connection to the work and what you've done and how you how how you came about exactly. that. How happy they are. Exactly. How it helps them. I don't give a crap that you can redesign the Facebook logo. I really honestly don't. And I don't think it's clever when designers do mm-hmm. it. I just think it's a poor use of their time. I would agree. Given... I mean I I don't know. I mean we've all you know we we've all done little things like that before. You know, I'm not gonna sit back here and throw stones or anything you know or anything like that and just be like hey you know come on what were you thinking i didn't, I didn't say <laughs> i didn't say i haven't done it no 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 i, I haven't done it, I didn't, but it, like is it... No, no no i no i get it i just i yeah. think you know I, I think there's a lot of i think there's a lot of other things out there that could be done than well, yeah. to then I'll, I'll split the difference with you, Dave, and I'll, I'll, I'll go this way. I think that sometimes I see people who have come up with really clever designs for existing products, and it's, they do it before. Yeah. But like, um, I'm going to take Star Wars because it's done all the time, but I've seen some people who have come up with, like, redone the Star Wars posters, and just brilliantly. Or redone, oh, so beautiful. You know, there was a guy who redid, yeah. like, all the Stephen King book covers, and just, like these minimalistic views that were absolutely brilliant. No one asked him to do it. No one did. He just came up with yeah. the idea. And that I, I love. Yeah. So I, that I, think I love. When, yeah. When you do it by yourself and you come up with the idea, like I just want to redo this because I think it'd be cool. I think that's brilliant. I think when mm-hmm. you come up and you say, I'm going to redo this because they just redid it and I don't like the new one. Then I think you're just being kind of petty and annoying <laughs> for lack of a better word. It's like, now you're just like, I don't like that, so I'm going to spend the time doing it. But if you come up with, the, like, if you look around and you go, you know what, I'm going to redesign all the major soft brand, uh, all the major soft drink brands, just because I've decided uh-huh. to redo them, and you just decide to do them as a set, I, I think that's, that's great. I think that's brilliant, and I think it's a great way to get noticed because it uh-huh. comes under the thing that um, I know we've skirted around a little bit in some of the things, but the personal project idea is. Yeah, is huge that you were saying you were just trying to give away designs so you could do it. I mean, there's times, mm-hmm. and I know we spoke. I mean, Glenn was the the master of the personal project. I mean, he turned those into job after job after job, and honestly, yeah. it's worked for me too. Um, just taking my my butt up to a different Comic Con convention, suddenly I had Hasbro calling. You know, it was like posting pictures of stuff brought in clients. Um, 
So mm-hmm. those kind of personal projects can really make you change your entire business, you know, right off the bat. It's it's doing it after someone has already done it. That just seems kind of like disingenuous. Like you're just jumping on the bandwagon because Starbucks mm-hmm. decided to, you know, go with a slightly different green. Um, you know, everyone gets all bent out of shape. So, um, I, um, I think that, I don't know, it's, it's kind of like this works for some works. It works great for some, maybe not as well for others, but you know, I just, it, it kind of gets back to, you know, what, if, how, what do you actually want to spend your time doing? What do you want to be known mm. for? You know, do you want to be, you know, that person, you know, do you want to be that troll, you know, or do you want to, you know, do something like that? It's like, look, I've, I've had people come at me. I've had, um, you know, I've gotten those emails. I've gotten those messages. I've gotten those comments and stuff like that. That's fine. You know, they've got to live with themselves. They have to, you know, go to sleep at night. They have to do whatever. That's fine. That's their choice. I really don't, I really could care less, you know, but I'm not going to spend my time doing that. You know, (laughs) now if you want to do something with the logo or whatever, you feel like you want to redesign it. Fine. Not a problem. If you want to do something as an exercise, knock yourself out, you know, but I don't know. I just, I feel like when it comes to some of the more like, you know, like, in your face design Twitter, you know, <laughs> kind of stuff. I just feel like, you know, I've, this is, and like I said, me personally, there's a lot of stuff out there that is yeah, just yeah. hysterical. And it's like, I'm just here for the comments, you know, but, um, <laughs> yeah, but for cool. me, it's like, I could do this or I could go do this that I've been paid to do. Yeah. And I get to do as a career. Yeah. Build a body of work because yeah, I mean, we've had numerous, numerous guests and episodes where we've talked about how people feel the need to give unsolicited yeah. feedback, however, however they may deliver it, whether it's, you know, great work, lovely stuff, love what you've done to burn, burn your studio down and, you know, go and die. I mean, <laughs> I mean how, how, how anybody could, how anybody could feel as passionate as that about somebody over a logo. I just think, crap what have you got going on in your life that makes you that emotional about someone else's work that you wouldn't have seen had you not been on social media mm-hmm. and i think that there's there's like you said it's a weird place that people come at you come for you a lot of that is down to jealousy a lot of that is down to people just want to prove a point about something that isn't there to be proven because there's room for everybody there really there's is absolutely you know room. there's this yeah you know, there's this mentality. It's, it's, what was the, you start to get, uh, you hit 30 and all of a sudden you start to forget random words. Um, but, uh, (laughs) Dave, you got to tell me what it's like when you hit 60, man. Anyway. Um, so (laughs) I'll be 60 before you're 40. (laughs) That's a scary thing. Hey, more power to you man you can do it um but uh-huh. i don't know i forgot what i was i forgot what i was saying no, sorry. <laughs> no we're, we were talking we were talking about how people complain but let's we're here to talk about you so let's talk about you we we actually chatted the other day um uh, we had a little catch-up and we were talking about different parts of design and one of the things that i said to you that you actually asked me the question back was i said that 
I love that part of the process of you being a designer and me following your work and getting to know you amongst our peers as well, because I do sit with other people. But I said that you've actually now built a look. You have a style that I recognise. You have a style that when I'm scrolling through social media, I don't need to see your name, mm-hmm. but I know it's your work. Right. And it's not necessarily just because of a like it's not like there's a single color scheme or there's a like a constant in your design like like oh you know some people just like doing zigzags on everything or some people like doing two colors it's like your work is so varied but yet when i'm scrolling i i know it's yours before i see your Mm -hmm. name and i love that i love that about design that because I said to you, I then look at something and try and work out how you broke that down, how you came to the point that you did. And then, and it's it's so enjoyable to see that and thinking, oh, that is so cool. Uh, like he, he so broke that down to such a simple thing, but that looks great on everything. It really makes sense. It's, it's crazy. And I one thing I do appreciate is, you know, it's not just, oh, this just, it's like this particular style, but just the final product looks like something that you would do. And for me, I think that's key. You know, I don't want to be known as somebody who has a certain type of style. I want to be known as somebody who gets a certain type of result. Um, and I was, I remember um, Gary Hustwit came in town uh, just a few years back. Uh, he did a premiere yeah. at the Plaza Theater of his film, uh, Roms, the, about Dieter Roms. And yeah, I just, I oh, that. it was fantastic. We had a great time. Uh, a bunch of us got to go hang with Gary after the show. And I remember one thing that, that Ram said during the movie. He said, I never questioned my process, but I'm constantly improving the details. And I'm like, okay, I've been trying to say that for 10 years, 12 years, you know. And he just comes <laughs> right in and says it like, you know, like we would say, hey, can you go get the mail? Like, it's just yeah. in his head. It's just, it's just that. And I... I want to do that. You know, I want to be able to, you know, I remember getting flack at the beginning of my career. My first mentor in design was Steph Geisbuehler, the guy who designed the, uh, the NBC logo, uh, among, okay. among many things. Yeah. Um, and I remember talking to him. I remember emailing back and forth with him. I remember the stories, you know, and everything like that. And I remember my first design book, was the trademark book by uh, Shemayef and Geismar. Like, I got it back in 2007. That was the first design book that I ever bought. And I still have it. Like, it is dog-eared and beat all up and everything like that. But I, but I love it. But that idea of just a simple, memorable, and to the point, it's, it hit home with my everything from, like, working at my dad's shop to my math to my engineering background and everything. It just fit. And I went, you know, I want to do this. So I graduated. When I graduated college, I remember that was back when sustainability was the new word, you know, <laughs> and everything was everything was organic and green and leafy and thin. And then it became the, the crossed arrows and oars. And then it became, you know, flat design. And then it became, you know, I, I don't know. Like it just becomes so many different things. But my goal from the very beginning was to avoid any type of fads. That was always my goal. And I remember people saying, why don't you do this or why don't you do that? It's like, because I'm building things that are going to last. 
I'm not trying to exactly. build things for the environment that I'm in right now. I'm trying to build things that are going to last. And it took me a few years yeah. to, you know, to kind of do that because I refuse to just, you know, just, just kind of just throw out this random stuff. But now, you know, no one's laughing now, <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be that guy, but you know, you know, my name's the name of my studio started out as a joke. You know, and oh, Studio, studio Temporary started out as a joke, and you know, no one's laughing now. So I'm, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just happy with that, man. I, I don't know, but I, I want to be known for getting a certain type of result, and I feel yeah. like, like with you telling me that, it's like, okay, I'm getting there. You know, I, I'm getting there, yeah. and I, and I appreciate that. You know, I don't get, you get further on in your career like this, you don't get a lot of, you know. When was the last time I went to a portfolio review and wasn't a reviewer? You know what right. I mean? Like right. it has been so long. So to hear actual feedback on your work, it's, it's, it's kind of rare, <laughs> but I enjoy it. Well, it's, it's like that thing. I would say, I, I know when a piece of work in my mind is exceptional <laughs> is when I, is when I look at it and go, shit, I wish I'd done yeah, exactly. that. Oh, exactly. Oh God, that is so that is exactly. so clever. Why have I never come up with exactly. that idea? Exactly. And, you know, I think that's what we all kind of, I think that's what we all kind of strive for. Um, you know, I, I know that I've, uh, I know that I've wanted, that I've always wanted that. Um, I've always wanted that pretty bad. You know, I, I remember walking up to some folks, like there's my buddy of mine out in um, North Carolina, Matt Stevens. Matt Stevens. Mm -hmm. Oh my goodness. The guy can, the guy can go between styles like nobody I've ever seen, but you still know it's him. And that, I love that. I, I have his, um, what is it? His air force, his air force one, uh, poster, you know, that big thing. Look, yeah. excuse me. And, uh, it was just amazing. But when he came out with his old, old movies, uh, good, good movies, oh, good movies, his old books, yeah, he... I became, I became no. a Matt Stevens. I became a Matt Stevens fan girl all over again. Like just, just unbelievable, you know. That was such a good. Again, that's a personal project. So, uh, Alan, you haven't received this book at your house yet that I've ordered. <laughs> Is, oh. <laughs> but, uh, but but Matt Matt did this project. In fact, I think he's working on the version two now. Um, and he did old movie posters as uh, movie posters as old book oh, covers. And I think it was I think it was a set of fifty. I just hadn't. I hadn't ordered it to come to the UK because it was like fifty dollars then, another fifty dollars to get it here. But right. Alan's uh, Alan very kindly takes delivery for me. <laughs> so I have a that's in box. It's, it's a very large <laughs> yeah. box. And he comes here and we wrap it all up as gifts and we hand it back to him. And so then he gets to yeah. unwrap it and see what he bought. It's... But I do. I I love seeing the little projects like that and the fact that you know like you've been in the logo lounge over the recent years that your work's been identified by bill and the team as being inclusive but i think as well that the fact that now it's so much easier to see people's work it's nice that people can get books published mm -hmm. that they can find new mediums to get their get their work um, out but you know i could i could sit and look at logos all day I'm from a marketing background. I I really love the behind the scenes. It's, it's the only reason I buy, I buy Blu-rays is because I want to see the making of the film. 
that's good stuff. <laughs> so man. I love that. I love that back end, that thought process, the sketches, the how it built together, the feedback you got, how you changed it, the iterations. It's, cr- it's crazy. That, yeah. that entertains me. I love looking through these old books. I mean, I've I've got books from from every from every decade you know possible i mean what you see behind me is like that's that's nothing like (laughs) when it comes to my collection and stuff like that this is nothing but it's pretty varied you know i definitely have my favorites and everything like that but i've got everything from you know from my buddies like um you know gil schuler doing his uh, mm. uh doing his barn jam posters does like one a week and he funded a book of them it's great to bob norda to interviews by debbie millman by the way that uh design matters podcast was my was my lifeline when i got into the when i got into the industry yeah i got it i got it i'm gonna yeah. go i'm gonna go see him later this year i think but um what is it but um that book by Debbie Millman or the, the podcast interview, like that was my lifeline. You know, I learned about that, you know, James Victory, a humongous, a humongous influence on my career. Like mm. Luis Feely, you couldn't get somebody who's more different than I am as a person, yeah. style, everything. I can look back and just start naming times and dates when I learned so much from her that I still do to this day. We've had a chance to message over like, like message each other from time to time. The one of the most incredible ladies, I hope, I hope, I hope I get to meet her in person. Um, yeah. You know, it's, I've seen her documentary as well, which is really good. Cause I got to know Nick, uh, Nick, Miss, Nick Misani, Nick, Miss, Miss, there's a guy called Nick who, who works with Louise, mm-hmm. uh, but his, his surname's Misani or Missini or something like that. And he's, he's got that style. So he was able to do a lot of work for mm-hmm. her. But then I discovered her books and mm-hmm. um, the ones she'd done with uh, Stephen. Heller. Yeah, I have met him. Yeah. I have met him. Yeah, Just a, a but, wealth of knowledge, you know. And then this, yeah. I've got random stuff up here, like from Bob Gill and, of course, Vignelli. And uh, there is a... Um, is a fine artist. Um, I don't even know if he's still alive anymore. His name's uh, Lawrence Weiner. He's um, not not that not that one, but the other. Yeah. But he just does these incredible. I don't even know what you call them, but they're just these beautiful, you know, uh, these beautiful pieces. And he's just using type. That's it. You know, All like right. type that's like ten stories tall. You know, and stuff like that. But um, I've got a book that is like as far as the eye can see. And it was just, it was just so good, you know? And then, I don't know. I I think it'd be kind of cool one day. I've already had, I've had a few people approach me about doing a book. Um, Yeah. Whether it's, you know, I'm not young enough to, I'm not old enough to have a retrospective of anything yet. (laughs) Um, Best of. (laughs) Best of last week. No, I I just... You know, I'm not. I'm. I'm too young for that. But I thought about putting out like a little book that just has some of my work up to this point. You know, I think when yeah. I get into 15 years, I think maybe by next year I might try to start putting something together. Um, I've had one person that actually approached me about doing it with me. Um, I don't know. I think it'd be kind of cool. I've been privileged to be in actually in quite a few books um, and a few more coming out later this year from Counterprint, actually. Um, oh, cool. And I don't know. I just, I, I still don't know what to say. You know, I remember um, when I, 
I had the first time that I did anything to Logo Lounge was Logo Lounge 10. I'd always mm. had the books, you know, I'd met Bill Gardner before, but I'd never actually entered anything. The first year that I entered was, like I said, it was, it was 2000, it was a book, book number 10. I got two, I entered probably 35 logos or something like that. I got two in the book, but one of them won Judge's Choice, which got featured in the book and in How Magazine. And it was um, yeah. Alex Trokit out of New York, who was actually the guy who chose my logo. And I got to know him through that. You know, I mean, wow. I just, I, you never know where this stuff's going to come from, you know, but. Oh, mate, I've, I pre, I mean, pre astute graphics, um, I had a reasonable, in fact, no, I'm going to say I had a poor knowledge of graphic design because when I, when I joined astute graphics and the pieces started to come together mm -hmm. and, and then like I came across some designer, I started to like Von Glitschka, whose work I'd seen before, but hadn't really kind of focused on it get to know Vaughn oh, so uh, good seen, yeah and I'd seen Aaron's work and Paul Howell Vaughn's friend oh yes uh, and then I got to hang I got yeah, to hang out then, with Paul when I went and did my workshop out in Phoenix I got to hang out with Paul the whole time out there it was he's so the, great he's the nicest guy and then Tim Frame as yes. well but so as I started to kind of explore different areas of, of illustrator like where where was where were the illustrator people and what they were doing the, f the four years I've been at Astute Graphics, not only have I learned so much, um, I mean, like, like you're saying about books, I've taken so many screenshots of designers in their studios with their books, and I have most of those books now. Mm -hmm. But then to, to meet some of those people, to get to know, I had to learn all about poster art because it's a different kind of design because of the output. Mm -hmm. So people design differently for poster yep. art as they would for fine art. Like Dan Mumford's style is, you know, it's all Photoshop, but he, he designs for a very specific but thing. Then you get, but then you get somebody like, um, you got DKNG obviously doing this amazing stuff yeah. in Illustrator. You've got Methane Studios. Um, did you yeah. get their book? Did you get the big one? Uh, it's it's Alan. It's it's I've got it right now. here. <laughs> Huge, I grew up, it? those guys lived five minutes up the road from me when I was a kid. Like right. when I was, when I was coming up, like just incredible, incredible folks. Um, That's another good one as well. Morning. Yes. Breath. Love their book. Brilliant. Um, yeah. I did order the, uh, what is it? The, the one that was a uh, rap about the, like the, the wrappers and stuff like that. Like the candy wrappers and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, I did yeah, get that yeah. one. Um, oh, let's see. What was a, uh, another poster? Um, Oh, uh, Orlando Arasena, uh, Mexifunk. Yeah, oh, the guy yes, paints. I know Orlando. The guy paints in Illustrator. in Illustrator. I met him for the first time. He and I were both. Um, he and I were both speaking at TopCon back in two, end of two thousand uh, end of two thousand eighteen, and he and I, you know, he and I met each other there. One of the most talented, uh, outgoing, giving people I've ever met. And I've only hung out with it for a couple of days, you know, um, but just just incredible to see this. You know, I love looking at this stuff from all over the world. People doing things completely different from me. One of my uh, yeah. one of my favorite illustrators here in Atlanta. Um, her name's uh, her name's Kate, uh, Shay O'Connor, Caitlin Shay O'Connor. Uh, she's it's designs by Shay on, or designed by Shay on Instagram. Go follow her. 
she does this incredible style it's like a mix of gold mix of like the golden era of like golden books and like a 1920s paris fashion catalog it was it's beautiful work so she i ended up the aiga atlanta has a mentor mentorship program so the first time Mm. i did it she was my my mentee and I remember looking at her work and just going, man, she's done all this amazing stuff. It's like, what do I have to, you know, to, to mentor her about, you know, it, this should be reversed, you know? And I remember seeing her work and just going like, it's so beautiful. Just the, I, I'm, I love details, like little details, negative space, everything. Mm. That is a huge part of what I do, you know? And I remember, I know it's right here. I remember, uh, I told her, I said, if we're going to do the, the mentor thing, I said, I'm more than okay with that. I said, on one condition, because she drew a lot of, you know, a lot of dresses and a lot of, you know, mostly mostly ladies and stuff like that. Probably 90% of what she did. She didn't draw a lot, of, a lot of guys that much. So I said, you know what? I said, here's my bit. I said, if you are going to, we're going to do this. I said, by the end of the project, you actually have to, you actually have to illustrate me as one of your, um, as one of your things. And uh, she did. Uh, paint me like one of your French girls. That's she did. <laughs> like, like Titanic. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Right. I look. I look. Yeah, my beard. Really cool. My beard looks like the king off of How to How to Train Your Dragon. <laughs> I mean, it was. This was beautiful, you know. And getting that. back to like the connecting and stuff. Um, we met up for the first time before right before creative south and she was going to go for the first time she actually ended up doing ink wars there with scott and one the for her first year at ink wars they were like mike got in touch with me he was like man we're short and illustrated to do this and i said you need to get in touch with shay so i i kind of got this set up and then she was like oh your illustration is done i said look bring it with you to creative south i said just mm. bring it with you to creative south i said you can give it to me there i'm going to post it I said, because I wanted to have the most, like, impact or whatnot. Yeah. And it was just, it was unbelievable. You know, she's it's just incredible stuff. But I love, she, she's just hysterical. <laughs> but I love seeing this type of stuff that is just so different and so out there. And, yeah. you know. Oh, I'm in awe of, of so many people. And, and it's not even... There's not even like an ounce of jealousy no. or anything like you do get in some industries. It's like I like you said at the very beginning, graphic design is is my hobby. When people when I have to fill in, not that I ever want to fill in resumes that often, but when like when I have to fill in what my interests mm-hmm. are, it's like well my interests are is graphic design. <laughs> it, it, I I I watch documentaries. I watch classes. I read books. I buy magazines. I read blogs. It's like everything I consume. Mm-hmm. It is graphic design. It, there's so much, there's so much in it to learn and appreciate that you're a fan of it, and you become a fan of other people's I work. Want, and I learn wanted to be from that their way. processes. And like you talked about the whole like professional jealousy type of thing. It's like my bit is like I'm looking at something and just going, I can't believe one. It's like I'm so happy that he got to do that. But then I look at it and yeah. I just go, Oh man! It's like I don't know if I could have done that. You know, it's like, man, I wish yeah. I wish I had gotten the opportunity, but I'm glad they were the one to do it because they just took it in such an incredible direction. And I just sit back. I'm a, I just like I said, I'm just a fan of design. And I mean, look at all this. Look at what I got behind me. Like I've got like I've got my Derek Castle up there, the Hellcat piece. 
out of Nashville. Derek is one of the most quiet, unassuming guys, but the work he puts out is unreal. I've got a ton of methane studio stuff, the Empire State, the the DMB stuff up there, which is beautiful. Invisible Creature, of course. Uh, My buddies from here in town, their brothers doing, uh, doing stuff with Oxford Pennant. Um, an original, I got, you know, my, of course my original, like, you know, uh, like Montreal 76 poster. And then I've got, you know, this guy up here, the James <laughs> Victoria poster, which is a story and a half. Um, I, I'd been a fan of James. I heard about him for the first time on Debbie's podcast on, on Debbie Millman's uh, podcast. Mm. And I started just diving into his work, which is hysterical and amazing. And, um, I just, I, I just consumed everything of his, the, the, the pictures, the, the interviews, the, the podcasts, the articles, everything. I just consumed as much as I could. And it's so funny because if you look at what he does, you look at what I do. Once again, completely different things. But I love the thought process behind it. So he got on Twitter. This would have been back in 2011. He got on Twitter and was going on and, of course, being Victoria on Twitter. Well, he got down and he was like, hey, I'm almost at 5,000 followers. My 5,000th follower, I'll take you out. And we'll all go out for beers. At the time, he was in Brooklyn, and that's where most of his like notoriety and stuff was really from. So he figured that's more than likely where his followers are from. Well, here comes me, a kid from Noonan, Georgia. Uh, hey, I'm five thousandth. He's like, you know, hey, here's this, and you know, what time can you? What when are you free to do that? And I'm like, yeah, I'm down in Georgia, man. <laughs> you know, I can't drive all the way up there. <laughs> And plus, this is um, this is probably more known than it has been in years past. But I've actually never had a drink in my life. I'm 35 years old. I've never had wine, beer, alcohol, anything. I've never had a drink. Fair play. And um, I said, I you know, I had a drink and everything. He goes, well, he says I can't ship beer. He says, how about I ship posters? <laughs> yes, please. He sent <laughs> he sent me a tube this big, eight posters eight posters now he prints his like his little uh his signatures like printed on the poster right but he took a mm. pencil and signed his name next to the printout signature on every single uh. one of the posters which is just the most baller move <laughs> ever i have had this advertisers think you're stupid poster up in every studio that I've had, whether it's out or at home, since 2012. Every every single studio. Yeah. And I remember I finally got a chance to meet him. It was 2016 at the How Conference. I snuck into the How Conference because I didn't, I, of course, I, I'm a freelancer. I don't have $3,000 for a ticket. So I, snu- so yeah. I snuck in. And uh, I snuck in to see, uh, I snuck in to hear his talk. And, uh, and Saji Haviv from, uh, from Shemai, from CGH. Yeah who I got to talk to yeah. afterwards. Just incredible, incredible that man. So anyway, I finally got to meet Victoria and I actually came up to him. We, you know, we, there's a picture out there on the internet somewhere of us, you know, doing like the whole UFC thing, like right before, you know, yeah. he's saying, he seems like, you know, like that guy, you know, but he's one of the nicest people I've ever met. And I remember he signed my book and I said, well, this has been about five years coming. He's like, yeah, he said, it's good to finally meet you. And I said, by the way, I don't have a ticket to this thing. I snuck in to hear you talk and do this. And he loved that. <laughs> like, loved that so much. And I hope nobody from Hal is listening to this. But, you know, it is what it is. I'll never get a chance to talk there, probably. But, hey, I'll, I'll still have 2016, which is when I... No, you, you, 
you talk there. I was, that was one of the things I wanted. I just want to tell you a quick story about Charles Anderson. Then I want to ask you about speaking in it because I realise how much time we've had you on. But I um, I I always love CSA yeah. stuff. There that and I got a couple of their posters and I got their books. In fact, I got I ended up getting their books off Mike Jones before I met Mike. Oh, cool. And um, so I managed to gradually because they were all out, mm-hmm. all out of stock, and, and Mike had, had got this back catalogue. Anyway, I got to go to Adobe Max, mm-hmm. and Charles Anderson was going to speak, and as soon as that thing opened up and I could get on that list and, and um, to get in to see him speaking, what I found out afterwards is because I was a teaching assistant, I didn't, I didn't need to sign up for his car. I could have just walked in anyway. <laughs> so, so, I, so I queued up. I went in, I bought bought some of his stuff. I've got a couple of things that he'd made available. Went in, I absolutely loved the talk and his stories about when he worked on the farm and he was up to oh his elbows. Oh my gosh, and that was... Shit and yeah. um, but then, in the Adobe Max uh, shop area, they were doing different book signings mm-hmm. and one of them was going to be Charles Anderson. So I'm like, I'm, I'm going to queue up for that and I'm going to go and get his autograph and meet him. I just, he's such a, he seems such a lovely man. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I started to walk over the back of the shop to be ready, thinking there'll be this massive queue. Nothing. And there's Charles standing there with a couple of lads. So I just like, I went up to him and said, look, before before like this goes a bit crazy, I just wanted to say, I absolutely loved your talk. I was really looking, you were the, one of the highlights mm-hmm. of actually being at Max this year. If I'd only seen you, I could have gone home happy. It's such a thrill to meet you. Would you sign my book, please? Yeah. And I gave him the book. He, no, this is what I love. He signed it. And then underneath, he wrote his name in capital letters so that I'd know it was his signature. And it's like, it was his book. I love and it. And I was just like, I love what, it. What, a, what a sweet guy. But I got to meet his son, Sam. And, and mm-hmm. Sam uh, Sam Anderson, but I've become friends with Sam. And, um, he's a good, and he's a good kid. Yeah. Um, uh, and it was really lovely that I've a couple of times I've since messaged Charles and he's responded back and... Add a little back and there forth. So, but he, he was one of those people I love to meet. There make. are so many people in the industry now, and yeah, they've been in there for a while. But you go to a conference or something, and yeah, maybe their talks are well attended or something. But here's a meet and greet or something afterwards, and nobody goes to talk to them. And it's like I I thought Victoria's line would be out would be out of the room. I was the first yeah. person there, and there were like maybe one other person behind me and that's not to say that he wasn't deserving of that i'm like this is insane i went to talk to saji haviv from cgh i was there were Mm. two people in line and i was one of them i mean it's like why in the world are we not like i don't know i just stefan stefan sagmeister walked past me and said hello to me we'd never met we had no reason to know each other and i was just standing at max like by a door and he was walking down and obviously mm-hmm. knew who he, who he was because he looks like benedict cumberbatch <laughs> and, uh... <laughs> I lo- stefan but is great man it's he, he, he just said hello to you. he just stops and said hello to me and i was like Everyone knows who you are. I was like, problem. (laughs) It it is one of the weirdest (laughs) things about walking around a design centric, uh, uh, like Max. When I walk around with Dave, like literally, everyone knows who he is. (laughs) It's the weird, and he knows everyone is. But he's helped. He's helped out so many people. You know, I mean, he. You know, you touched you know? on it earlier, and you guys have been going on about designers now for a little bit, and it's it's the passion. Hey, everybody! This is Alan. This is Alan Hess. 
Alan Hess, everybody. <laughs> no, it, it's, he just joined. He just joined I, us. We're so I, happy. I, I'm just been the, the passion in your guys' voices about other designers is really infectious and amazing. It's it's not just like yeah, this is something we do. This is something you guys literally live, and it's like wow, I'm done designing for the day. Now I'm going to go pick up my design books and read about them. You know, it's like there. It's just this constant yeah. thing, and it's. It's actually quite refreshing because a lot of times in the photography industry, it is a little bit more cutthroat. Like there are only six places to stand on the NFL sidelines. There are only three photographers allowed in a concert. There are only one, you know, like there is more of a physical limitation to how many people can actually do it sometimes. So you do have a feeling sometimes of competition, especially when you're coming up Mm -hmm. where design, it's like if you have an idea, just do it. You, you yeah. literally have the tools. I have the tool. I can't use them. <laughs> I have the creative cloud. I have Illustrator. I have InDesign. I literally never open them up because they intimidate the hell out of me and I have the design sense of a monkey. But the absolute passion that you guys have about it just comes through, not only in the work, but how you literally talk about other people's work. That And I think, too, you know, this goes back to one of the things that we, we talked about you know, three hours ago when we first started talking was, <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, I think that we, it's like Dave mentioned when he, he was talking a little bit about my work and he said, you know, I, I know that it's, it's not a style or it's not something that I, maybe that I do or I try to do, but it's just, I don't know. There's something that resonates, yeah. whether it's, maybe it's the work, maybe it's not, maybe it's just the type of person they are. Like I have a photographer friend, Lindsay Weatherspoon, uh, com. check her out she does fantastic work she's here in atlanta i've known her for five six years i actually just got done uh, she did a new site i got to redesign her logo um she does incredible incredible photography she does really really good stuff has had a chance to photograph some amazing people i mean she's done for national geographic she's done i mean she's done some good stuff we resonate on a level that has nothing to do with design and nothing to do with photography. It's the drive. It is the, just the way it's just the way we connect, you know, and we speak the same language and I'm not talking about, like I said, I'm not talking about design or photography, but we speak that same language of, you know, we're trying to get to a certain point and, you know, we've seen each other at the worst, you know what I mean? And yeah, I don't know. I think that's where a lot of this stuff comes from. You know, I'm, we're just people. We really are. But I, I resonate with, with this, you know, with that type of work and I resonate with, you know, with the people that really share that, that type of passion, you know? Well, speaking of sharing, I'm going to finish up with this particular subject because it is something that I've, I have spoken to other guests about and that is the, the doing, the writing, the teaching. So, we do, we've done it, we've designed, we've, we've been involved in really cool projects. Mm-hmm. Then one day somebody says, can you write an article for How Magazine or commu- Communication Arts or one of them? And you think, oh, okay, I've never done that before. I now need to convey what I do in writing with screenshots. And then comes the teaching, mm-hmm. the standing up in front of people and talking about your life and your process. Yeah. 
I, it's something I've done. It's something Alan's done. And for you, I know it's something you've done. How did you, how did you find that evolution of going from doing to finding you, you are, you're developing an expertise mm-hmm. based on your own work and the company you keep. And now you've spoken at events, you've done dribble workshops. You are, you are now in demand for your teaching and speaking as, as much as anything mm-hmm. else. How did you find that transition? Were you always kind of outgoing? Where are you shy? Is it something you've adapted to? Well, Dave, you met you. I, I love, you met me before. Yeah, you I'm know me. I'm not shy. <laughs> you know I'm not shy. I, I've I've always been outgoing. You know I've always I have had an affinity for for speaking for present for presenting. It's it's I don't know. It's just something that I've just naturally been been pretty good at. Um, but there's a difference between speaking about something and speaking about yourself. Um, Mm. You know, I, I remember I'd give presentations in college for, you know, my designs and stuff like that. And I never practiced, like I would go up there with my boards or whatever. And I would do the whole thing off the top of my head. And it would just, because it's like, look, I've been working on this project for a month, for three weeks. If I can't talk for at least 15, 20 minutes about this thing, then what was I doing? You know, like that, yeah. that's the type of my thing. But I wanted when my first couple of talks were they were okay. I mean, it's my first ones. You know, I didn't have a lot of stuff going on at the time. <laughs> you know, all right. Here's so here's a funny story. I my first talk was at Creative South in 2014. My first talk ever was in front of 500 plus people in the Springer, and it was amazing. Um, and uh, I remember they had the big closing party, the big bridge party was that night before, right? So they would always end it on yeah. a Saturday. Well, I was the last speaker. So everybody came in and everybody was, you know, just a little little party happy from the other night. So what I did is I took one of my slides um, and I blurred it out just a little bit or a, a, a pretty decent amount. <laughs> And it just said, hello, and it was all blurred out. So what I was doing is people were coming in. They'd come up to me, and we'd talk in front of the um, in front of the stage. And I remember going, hey, just doing a check. I just want to make sure everything's good. This It's like, this is clear to me. I just want to make sure that this is clear to you. And everybody's kind of looking at it like this, you know. And then I remember one guy walked up and walked up. I'm like, what do you think? And he goes, oh, yeah, it's perfectly clear. And, like, stumbles to a seat. And I'm just like, <laughs> you know. But I talked a little bit about what I had going on and I got to talk a little bit about, you know, kind of my heart, like where I wanted to be. I was talking about where I wanted to be and I'm still kind of doing that. But in 2016, I got an opportunity to do my first, like, I was the headliner. Like people were coming to hear Mm. me talk and we had gone through so much stuff. My, you know, my wife and I, we had been, you know, we'd been evicted. We'd, um, you know, I've, I've had stuff where like I lost 50 pounds a couple years ago because I had almost died like the year prior, you know, I wasn't watching what I was doing. You know, I was an athlete in high school and college and I just, just kind of let myself go and it's completely changed now. But like, I want to talk about all of that. And I remember talking to my wife and saying, look, I, I want to share everything, but I can't do it unless I get you okay. Because obviously you're part of this Mm. too. And she said, tell everything. And at that point, everything changed. But the way I talked, the way I spoke about it, I was—I said, I hear a lot of design talks, and I—I'm I, a huge fan of the design of the talks and everything. I hear so much of like 
I did I came up here and then I did this project 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 and then it just goes on and on and on and on which is fine because I want to hear about those parts but what I want to hear is I want to hear about the person because I knew what it took mm. for me to get to that point and that's what I want to hear about right so one of the ways that it, the title of my talk is Scott Fuller human being that's the title of my talk and I spend mm. 70% of the time telling everybody about all the crap that went wrong <laughs> Yeah. You know, and, and that's what I want to do. It's like, look, I'm a human. I'm, this is what it takes. And maybe some, maybe what I say will help somebody. Maybe it destroys their whole career. I don't know. Take it with a grain of salt. But <laughs> I want to, I want to be happy about the stuff that I'm working on. I want to show that there are certain ways to get to this point. But in the end, you know, there's a list of, at the end of the thing, there's a list of about seven or eight things that I just kind of takeaways i talk about being respectful to others uh you know your waiter your waitress at the restaurant i've seen people lose work yep. because of the way they treat people to you know letting people be be different whether it's how they talk whether it's where they're from whether it's how they vote I don't care how you vote mm. you know you're a person i'm a person your decision not mine that's fine don't care you know to you know know that Yes, there is an obsession that comes with this thing, but that obsession does come with a cost. You know, it's it's true. You know, I, I speak only the truth, you know, and then in the end, just say, you know, hey, but through all of this stuff, you know, I'm, you know, enjoy the journey. Be happy that you're getting a yeah. chance to do this, you know, and then I show pictures of like my, my lovely wife and son and, you know, my, my cat, too, you know, got to get her in there. <laughs> and, you know, this is why I do it, you know. If he decides to come up and, and do some stuff with me, um, you know, later on in later on in his teens and in his career, like if he wants to be a designer, man, that's fantastic. You know, if he wants to work with me, even better. You know, like I worked with my dad. Um, yeah. I don't know. I just to do that and then the workshops and everything. You know, I was given one opportunity, and I just kind of took it and ran with it. And, you know, I'm pretty good at running my mouth. So I'm, you know, I'm, I'm trying, I'm still trying to figure it out and I'm getting back into it. I'm going to be traveling and doing some more talks, getting back into conferences and everything later this fall. I finally did my first in-person workshop in Charlotte uh, a little over a month ago and it went absolutely fantastic. So I'm going to do Brilliant. one more virtual workshop uh, later this month. And then I'm not doing any more virtual workshops for the rest of my career. <laughs> you know, from now on, everything is in person. Everything is in person. I, um, you probably won't see any of my stuff out on like like classes on like Skillshare, you know, mm. maybe Domestica. I'm not sure, but honest, I love Domestica. It's so good, but I, I've I've spent so much money on that. <laughs> I might I might do something like that. They actually they actually contacted me, so I might try to. That that seems like a that seems like a good platform for something like that. But I'm yeah. very careful about where I put my stuff because I like being able to do a very, I'm a very personal guy, personable guy. You know, yeah. anything that I do, if we work on a project <clears> together, <throat> we either have to talk on the phone or do a video call. And if you're not willing to do either one mm. of those, then I don't take the job. Um, mm. And it's kind of the same way with me in those icon classes. I love being right there. I'm a very hands-on type of person. So if I can continue to do that, then I'll be a very happy man. Oh, well, Scott, it's been an absolute pleasure. I can't believe how quick that time's gone. Because I was always at the beginning of an interview, I always have the same thing. It's like I hope I can, I hope oh. I can like 
give them enough they want to talk about and i know we could we could get we could go on another at least at least there's there's a there's a sequel this is part this is part one of seven you know (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> next time well, we'll I, actually talk about some of my work it'll be great <laughs> well i was i was gonna say Just one kidding. of the one of the rules of the show pre-pandemic was uh part one you appear on the show part two we do it in person Ooh. so i'm gonna i'm gonna say 2022 yes. one way or another we're gonna you, be it in a are bed. you gonna come to creative Hope... south in 2022 okay yes i am let's just put it on the calendar now 2022 yeah come there we'll do this we'll do um part two in person and yes, we got to do it over definitely. and we got to do it and since you're coming to the south we got to do it over food yeah oh yeah and no booze <laughs> uh you could you, you could get you could get like... pasted man i don't care but uh <laughs> oh, no, no, no. I, i'm <laughs> i'm way i'm way past that but no listen thank you so much for your time scott please go and check scott out on instagram studio temporary i'll put all the links in the show notes go on his website and see his work if you see scott doing anything go and have a look uh whether it's whether he's talking teaching posting his work you will learn something um it, it, it's been an absolute pleasure getting to know you through the design industry and i, and I love that every once in a while i i don't get too many facebook messages <laughs> um but it but it's lovely when i see one and you just drop in and say how you doing and and it's lovely and i was really appreciate it mate and and it's lovely watching you grow watching you develop and and see it always a joy seeing your work so long may that continue stay happy and healthy and uh and we will see you next year in april 2020 see y'all to 2022 (laughs) see you later thanks scott